from the man who wrote the book on human behavior. A special edition Richard Flint podcast. Let's talk about it. Let's talk human behavior. Hey, welcome to Let's Talk Human Behavior. And thank you uh, for joining me for this episode. And you know, this is a show that's dedicated to helping people find and implement the behaviors that continue to take them towards success that belongs to them. It's interesting because we know that life is really made up of two things, the words we speak and the behaviors we implement. And what I have found over the years is that the challenge is that too many times they're not the same. And when they're not the same, the result is confusion. And in reality, a life that's working against itself. Balance is such an important part of life. And without balance, you'll always be struggling with what life really brings to you. <laughs> when something happens that upsets your apple cart, you know, and those routines you have established for your life, it can trap you in a world that has taken away your control. The result of that is the unknown. And the unknown is that which happens that causes us to lose control of our life. Um, the result is also clouds that cover our pathway and seem to leave us emotionally standing in fog. And I believe that's where we are right now. Our life was, and then an uninvited guest in the form of a little bug came into our life. This virus's presence was not wanted, but it didn't matter to the virus. His presence ripped the design of our life apart, and as much as we tried to take control, we couldn't. The result is a multitude of people feeling lost in the fog. Folks, when one loses control of their life, the result is a feeling of uncertainty and the struggling to understand how to get back. This growing stress many are feeling today is the result of this uninvited guest taking over their life. And from every corner that I reach out to and people reach to me, I hear one thing, we need help. We need some emotional guidance. And realizing this, I have reached out to some of the wisest people I know and have asked them to share with you some tips for maintaining your sanity during this time of the new abnormal. And don't you dare refer to this as new normal, because it's not. This is the new abnormal. So today I want us to spend some time with one of what I think is the brightest minds I know. And his name is David Knox, and he joins us from California. And David, thank you very, very much for spending, uh, agreeing to spend this time with me on Let's Talk Human Behavior. Well, thank you very much. When I heard you reach out to Wisest Minds, apparently they were unavailable, so you chose me. <laughs> well, you were only number 67 on the list, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, thanks for including me. You and I go back a long way, Richard. You've been part of my online training, and I'm glad to be a part of this. And yes, this is, uh, these are some very uh, trying times, uncharted waters. And um, so I'm happy to do this uh, interview with you and see if we can help your viewers uh, come out on the other side. Well, not the other side. They, I think we need to be okay today, not on the other side. We don't know when the other side is. So let's talk about how, how to be happy today. So you let me know how you'd like to continue. Yeah, well, this morning on my, uh, my Facebook Live, I was talking about that you've got to become comfortable, comfortable with the now that is your now. Uh, 
because I don't know about you, but uh, I've never seen anything like this before. Have you? I've been in the real estate business since 72. Uh, I'll be 70 in June. And I've seen, you know, the same thing everybody else has seen, uh, obviously the tragedy of 9-11, uh, the recession, so many different things that have happened. Uh, this is very new. And um, so no, I've not seen anything like this at all. This has been, uh, been very different. Uh, but what's been the same is that we figure out a way to navigate times like this. We feel our way around our long-term planning now is about an hour. I can be on a Zoom call with a real estate company on practices and procedures. And while I'm on the call, something changes. So uh, it's kind of like driving a car with, your, with the headlights. You can only see 200 yards ahead. Well, you pay attention to what's in front of you. That's all you can do. Um, I've driven racetracks forever. And I've got racetracks like you on golf courses. You memorize every corner, every hole. You can play it by memory. And then all of a sudden, you're on a new golf course. You go, hey, where does this go? You still know how to play golf. You still know how to chip, putt, drive. You still know how to do all that but you're paying attention to one hole at a time. For me, it's one corner at a time. For people in business, it's one hour at a time. You focus on what's in front of you. Uh, the good news is that everybody's in the exact same boat. I talk about rain racing. I don't like racing cars in the rain, but I'm good at it because I don't know, just a skill I seem to have is smoothness, but everybody's racing on the same racetrack. So it's not like anybody's got an advantage over, to, over you. So the skills you bring to business, people interaction, uh, you still have all of those. So uh, take it a day at a time. And I, I think, you know, our topic today is how do you stay sane in a crisis and have inner peace? And the very first thing that I'm doing with all of my audiences, and I do it every morning, is that is write down something you're grateful for. And maybe if maybe our listeners can take 30 seconds and maybe we do this, write down some things you're grateful for. I'm, I'm just going to do that right now. Mm -hmm. Do you find, David, in your conversations with people that most people are really good at making adjustments? I don't know if I'm prepared to answer that because I don't know most people. Uh, I think the human being is pretty good at adapting in general. And I believe that the way one adapts is by accepting the fact that this may continue. Uh, the people who think, oh, it's going to get over in a week, in a month, in two weeks, three weeks, those are the people who are going to be worse off. It's kind of like you and I fly a lot. And the worst thing that happens is the creeping delay. Where they say, ladies and gentlemen, we got a mechanical, we're going to report to you <clears throat> in 30 minutes. <clears throat> Pardon me, the passengers go, oh, they're going to fix it. We'll be out of here in a half an hour. And then it goes one hour, two hours, three hours, four hours. You and I just know it could be, we might be spending a night in a hotel here. And I think the people who take the long view is like, hey, this is what's going on. Those are the people who can probably survive it. Admiral Stockdale talked about being in a POW camp. And it was the people who thought that they were going to be out in a, by Christmas or Easter or whatever. Those are the people that, that died. The guys who said, you know, we're probably going to be in here for years. Those are the ones who live because they were prepared for the long haul. I don't know how long this is going to be, but I'm doing it as this is the way it is right now. I'm doing Zoom. I'm having a good time with it. We're going virtual. It's working for me. So today is what today is. Uh, but I start with gratitude. You know, what do we have today? I've got my health. I got my cute little dog. I'm in California. I've got sun. I've got people. My clients are staying with me. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to have my 401k might be a 101k. Nothing I can do about it. My business, I'm either going to have a business or not have a business. Very little I can do other than um, stay in touch with my clients. And uh, my fiance is in the UK and you can't travel between the US and UK. So I've just, I've let go, which is another way to have inner peace is to let go. A lot easier to teach than it is to do. 
but uh, there's a poem that says, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. So trying to go through every day and say, can I control this? If the answer is yes, control it. Uh, the fear of this coronavirus, if it causes you to be safe, sanitized, uh, uh, self-distancing, do everything you can to be respectful and be responsible and then say, is there anything more I can do? Probably not. So then maybe the next step is, are, is there anyone I can help? Anyone else could use my help? Delivering food, delivering water to, to nurses and doctors, and you do that. And then after that, you kind of just have to let go and focus on what you control. And, uh, and I think the other thing that I'm suggesting to all people is limit your exposure to the media. It will suck your will to live. I have stopped watching television news probably about three or four weeks ago. I cannot stand people screaming and yelling and arguing. It, it doesn't do anything for my inner peace. Then in terms of, I don't want to be ignorant about what's going on in the world. I've got good friends of mine that are addicted to the news. Uh, a good buddy of mine, Dick Ingerbritson, he literally watches eight hours of news a day, which I think is highly dysfunctional. But once a week, I can say, hey, Dick, anything happened since last time we talked? Uh, yeah, they changed this in California. You got to wear a mask. Okay, anything else? No. Okay, good. Thanks a lot. I'll check in with you a week later. You know, and I'll check CNN.com in the morning. I'll take a peek what's going on, the futures, and, and then I get on with my life. And uh, I think that's really important. I think the media is stoking fear. Even Deepak Chopra, who I know you know, uh, Noah, he said uh, a couple of things. He said about the viruses, if you don't have it, don't get it. If you do have it, don't give it. And then he said, as much as we have a pandemic of coronavirus, we also have a pandemic of fear and stress that is being spread through the news media and social media, et cetera, that is spreading faster than the pandemic itself. So it's this fear that's also getting passed around and we got to get away from that. Well, what I've found with the media, I'm like you, I've just stopped watching it uh, because number one, I don't know who to believe. <laughs> I mean, because you, you, you tune in here, you hear this, you tune in there, you hear that. And I've picked a couple of people who I think are not opinion people, but they're factual people. And if I know they're going to be on, I will listen to them. But I'm tired of all of the opinions uh, because most of the opinions, as far as I'm concerned, are right in line with what you're talking about. Uh, the news media has nothing else to really talk about right now. Yeah. So what are they going to do? They're going to jump on people. And what are they going to do? Because the, the media is about emotionally manipulating people. And so the biggest way to manipulate them right now is with fear. And fear can control a human life. Yep. And the predictions they make and the modeling and looking on the future uh, I just, I think that's the most dysfunctional part. Instead of focusing on what is today, giving us facts that are current today, let's say, well, but this could happen and that could happen and this could happen. Well, I just don't find that helpful to me. As you're talking to the people around your life and you're, you're doing your Zooms, you're doing training classes, uh, you're doing calls with uh, many of your students, uh, what are you hearing from them? Well, it began, I've been doing, uh, so I do online training to the real estate industry and they subscribe. I'm kind of like the Netflix of real estate training. So the good news is I'm in a virtual product for a virtual world, which is good for me. Uh, but I'm also doing these live Zoom videos and it's changing. It's kind of like every day I take a different slide out of my PowerPoint because we don't need that anymore because people are starting to adapt. And I think it when it started off people feeling, uh, I call it Corona correctness. 
instead of political correctness, where they're afraid to do business. They think they're going to be seen as uh, outcasts by doing business, and they almost needed permission to be productive. And I think they've moved to the point of that balance. Instead of hiding their head in the sand and waiting till this passes, and the other extreme of violating the laws to show properties, I think they're getting to the point where they're realizing to the people who want to buy and sell today, who have to buy and sell today, the purchase of a home is not something like, hey, I'm going to pick up the dry cleaning, buy a house, and I'll be home for dinner. It's a major decision that transcends the current virus. And realtors are realizing that they are essential to the people who have to essentially buy and essentially sell. So I think they have finally achieved that place of it's okay. They have permission to help their buyers and sellers. And they very, very, very quickly switched to virtual. Real estate industry was 80% virtual anyway. So now they just went to the full 100%. I just zoomed a client up in in uh, New York, they can't leave their house. They cannot do a physical showing at all. So they're doing uh, the buyer and seller will get their, their mobile device and they do a FaceTime showing. So people are figuring it out very, very, very quickly. And, uh, and they're finding a way to do business. And to the real estate agents, I, I say, be glad you're in a business that where you can still earn a living right now. I feel bad. Gosh, I feel bad for these people who can't, the, the servers and restaurants and the businesses that are shut down. Those people I have so much compassion for. But realtors, they can at least still earn a living. But I think people are coming around to this is this what's going on. Uh, let's do what we can. And uh, I think a lot of people are having fun on the Zooms, doing virtual happy hours with their neighbors. That's what I'm doing with my friends here. So it's working out. Do you think, David, that this this new this new abnormal? Um, do you think this is going to change the face of real estate? Yeah, oh, very definitely. I think it's going to change it. Um, first of all, as I said, they've been virtual anyway, and the things that have not been virtual have been the physical showings, open houses, things like that. And I think the agents are going to realize that there's a lot of time saving in virtual. And maybe they do a Zoom screen share and we show homes on the MLS where, you know, I share the screen and go to something.com and I take you through 10 homes online, get your response to it. And uh, based on that, then we go to maybe some virtual showings and then the real showing. So we save some time. Uh, and I think safety has been an issue in this business where somebody meets a, meets a buyer at a vacant house. Well, maybe now before we meet that buyer, let's get on Zoom and see the other human being. And uh, so I think the virtual part of it is going to continue for time saving and safety. That part will happen. Uh, clearly, all again, I, I can only speak for real estate right now. All the technology that um, processing a transaction technologically, wiring, all that kind of stuff, I think that'll continue and be better. So I think we're going to speed up the process. But I also think that we all miss human contact. So I think we're also going to value the importance of a sales meeting face to face and actually meeting a buyer. So those parts, I think, will come back. See, I've wondered what this will do to the concept of a real estate office. Uh, will this uh, negate the need to have these big real estate offices? Uh, that's will kind of been affect that. Yeah, it's kind of been happening anyway. A lot of people. Uh, one of my good clients, uh, Deanne Golden, uh, she downsized from. Uh, I don't know, 10 to 1,000 square foot office down to what she calls a smart office. It's probably 2,000 feet. So that's kind of been happening anyway in real estate. The brick and mortar is slimming down. Um, I think there's still need for a physical presence, but not maybe a 30,000 square foot office. So uh, those are starting to change. But I, I still, at least I hope there's still going to be a need for some physical place to meet. But um, I know some, some of my company clients don't have offices at all. <laughs> they just don't. So... 
I know some of those. Well, I know uh, the concept you were talking about for the need for human interaction. Uh, I know that you can only keep the human spirit pent up for so long. And at some point, uh, they're just going to break the front door down and go out. Uh, because most of us are not made to be loners. Uh, we are designed to be able to touch, to feel, to be in the presence of other people. Yeah. And uh, I think that there is a lot happening right now, stress-wise, as we've sort of taken that away. Yeah, I agree. Uh, even my good friends here in Palm Springs, these are guys I rode motorcycles with for 20 years, and I know them in Minneapolis and here, and they're, most of them are a bit older than me, and they're, they're holed up. They don't even want to get together. I say, oh, come on, you can come over to my patio. We, we can sit six feet apart, and they're not, they're still not comfortable doing it. I say, all right, whatever, and then Mike and Brenda, two good friends of mine, they brought me uh, Easter dinner, and uh, they came in the house. We kind of did the six-foot air hug. And I don't know. Uh, it was just nice to see another human being. But I, ultimately, we're all going to get back together. I think it's going to be slow. I think, there's, I think the residual, this is sad. I, th I still think two people are going to get together. And they're going to you know, they're gonna, they're gonna do this for a while. They walk away from each other. I, I hope that stops. But who knows? So. When it comes to helping people to find a pathway forward, because I, I believe in life, we either live on a pathway that's going forward, or we trap ourselves in a circle of repetitive behavior. So as we look at this new abnormal that we're facing right now, uh, and you know, I, I respect you to the ultimate. Uh, we, like you said, we've known each other for several years. And they're not, a, uh, and I, it's tragic to say this, but it's true. There are not a lot of minds on the speaking circuit that I respect because I think most people are more driven by uh, what can I get from you rather than what can I give you and present you with to help you. And I've always respected you as a person who, you know, you, you put that person first and you, you everything you do and everything you design as far as I'm concerned, is designed to help people. So as we look at this new abnormal, uh, what are some tips that you would give people? What would you tell people uh, of how to be or to what presence they should have? Or what can they do in this new abnormal to protect their sanity? Well, as I say, I go back, number one, gratitude. Uh, maybe begin every day with gratitude. Uh, limit your exposure to the news. Figure out what you can control, what you can't. Let go of it. <clears throat> Very much focus on present moment because that's really all you've got. Uh, and then, I mean, the two most fundamental ways for a human being to achieve peace was exercise and meditation. I mean, that's that's always been the case. And uh, you know, I work out, lift the weights every day. Well, all of a sudden, my gym's closed, so I have some of these resistance bands. I've got a steel jack that I use for my jack up my racing car to change wheels. It weighs 50 pounds. So I'm out in the garage doing Romanian deadlifts and I got bands. I hook the doors and I'm doing my exercises, swimming laps. So for people out there that if you were doing exercise before, do it now, figure out a way, find something heavy to lift. I've got two one gallon jugs of some kind of fluids and I'm doing my, uh, my uh, kettlebell swing. So I'm trying to stay healthy that way. And uh, you know, taking walks, jogs, whatever, and get your body moving. If you're just sitting at home on your aspirations, you're going to end up not 
feeling well. Uh, number two, meditation. Uh, for those people who've already done that and know how to do it, um, they're using that. The best way to do that, go to you know, do a search on Deepak Chopra. He's got tons of uh, uh, meditations that he can do. And basically it's sitting comfortably on crossing your angles and kind of being in a chair or a bed or whatever's comfortable and focus on your breathing. And, uh, you know, Deepak will have you do a four count inhale, hold for two, exhale for two or three, four count, and just do that for a while. And just five minutes of, of breathing will at least get your brain so it's functioning. So you really can't do anything if you're all stressed out. Uh, as it relates to careers, I think uh, you got to take a look at what is it you can do. And there's some people, I, I guess it'd be a one-on-one -on -one basis. For realtors, my group, they can still do business. Uh, instead of doing it physically, they they do it virtually. Um, certainly content for anybody who's listening today who's in a sales business, the number one thing that you can be doing is calling all of your past customers and clients without question. That's, that's a physical activity that you can take right now. Uh, depending on what state you're in, they're probably home. They're probably looking to talk to somebody and just check in with people and the basic message is, how are you doing? And that's it. Uh, I had a realtor email me and said, hey, David, do you have any, are you going to give us some dialogues for overcoming the COVID-19 objection? <laughs> Seriously, dude? No. Yeah. Oh, so I know it's COVID-19, but you can buy a home at a fraction of virtual cost. Let me help you out. I said, that's the dumbest tone death thing ever. So here's my dialogue for realtors. Uh, you call up a, a buyer or seller and you say, Mr. Mr. Buyer, I just want to check in, see how you're doing in the midst of all these times. And I just want to know, how would you like to proceed? And then just shut up and wait. And they're going to tell you how they'd like to proceed. And whatever they say, your response is, okay. <laughs> That's my new real estate dialogue. What would you like to do? Okay. And then follow their wishes. And I may have gotten a bit off track here, uh, but stay focused on what you can do, not on what you cannot. You know, David, one of the things you said, and I think this is really important because I'm finding this, uh, I have a program called My Morning Minute. And I call everybody who's part of that program every single year. I make a personal phone call to them. And it used to be that as I was talking to people, my phone calls would be anywhere maybe between two to three minutes. And now what I'm finding is my phone calls are between five and six minutes. Uh, because, you know, people, they're wanting to talk now. And because their life in some ways has slowed, has slowed down, uh, and they're, they're catching their breath. They're not, they're not running, uh, but they've got time to breathe. Uh, and they talk at a different level and they talk with a different type of energy. And it, it's more like they're, they're willing to be open. And on the other end, what I have to be willing to do is listen. Uh, I don't need to be totally involved in the conversation, just like you were talking about. Um, and listening to me is a big part of this. Uh, what yeah, else would you tell people? Right. They do want to talk and they, they just want to be heard. All, you know, that's all they want to, they, they want to tell how they're feeling. They want somebody who cares enough about to listen. And that's the best thing. All of it, I assume everybody on this Zoom is probably in some kind of business with clients, right? And if so, uh, best thing they can do is take their time getting on the phone, calling people. You can reach them now and uh, just say, hey, tell me how you're doing in the midst of all of this and then just be quiet. Yeah. What else would you tell people? Uh, one of the things that I'm doing with our group here in Palm Springs is I, uh, because I'm a Zoom guy and I've got an account, uh, I am doing a Zoom virtual happy hour at 5.30 on Fridays, Pacific time. And uh, 
and I got a group here, so I just set it up and it's, they, they call themselves the Rancho Rats. I don't like the name, it's Rancho Mirage. And uh, so I'll just send out a Zoom link to everybody. And of course I got to teach them Zoom so they know how to do it. And at 5.30, everybody tunes in, they'll have a drink or dinner and we do about an hour and we just chat and we kind of go around the horn, everybody talks. By the way, that's when I get caught up in my news. Uh, is anything going on out there? And uh, what's new in California? And so for anybody listening uh, uh, for, on a personal basis, if you're the leader in your social group, set up a virtual happy hour, pick a day, pick a time, and do a virtual happy hour and have some fun. Uh, for business people, um, again, I can only use my sphere of influence. Branch managers of real estate offices are setting up Zooms for all of their agents. Some are doing multiple times a week. They're getting more attendance on the Zoom meetings than they ever had in a personal meeting. And the other thing they're doing is they're doing something amazing. They're showing up on time because there's something about an online thing. If it says nine o'clock, man, at nine o'clock, it starts. There's none of this. There's a few stragglers. Uh, so those are some ways to stay in touch. So I guess that's the other thing, connect with people a lot. Business, personal, stay in as much touch as you can. And if you can do something now to create revenue, do it. If you can't, then use this time to prepare for when, when we come out on the other side, whatever that may be and be ready. Cause you know, what's going to happen. And once it starts turning, you're going to be really busy. You go, I had a month off. Why didn't I update this? Why didn't I do that? Why didn't I update my CRM? You go, well, you just wasted the month. It was bad enough. You had nothing to do, but it was even worse when you didn't do anything when you had nothing to do. So uh, and, and you are so right. This is, a, this is a time where we really need to take a look at a lot of our behaviors that have been limited behaviors. And you know, that thing called procrastination, uh, that thing called looking at your desk, looking at your office, getting things organized. Uh, and it's, it's a time, uh, and this is one thing I keep saying to people, this is time that in the next few months, you're not going to have. Yeah. And so this is time right now. Look around your life. Where are things out of order? What can you do to prepare yourself so that you're removing clutter you're clearing space because clutter is controls your mind. And what can you do to create a presence that, that will have the value that you need to have when we come out on the other side? Because, you know, I think when we come out on the other side, there is going to be a pent up amount of energy that for the beginning is just going to explode. Yeah, I think so. Uh, people are going to want to get together. I would start painting planning a post-corona message to customers and clients, you know, we're out of this, let's get back together. I think, um, you know, planning parties and picnics or whatever, and kind of be ready for the other side. People are gonna wanna get together. Uh, all of my friends here have June birthdays. So one way or another, we'll have, hopefully we'll have a physical June birthday party, get everybody back together. And um, that's what I'm looking forward to. But again, uh, one of the things that does keep me sane is if I spend too much time thinking about when we're out of this thing, my mind is on something over which I cannot control. I don't know where we're going to come out of it. All I know is today we're in it. And this is what I'm doing today. I'm setting up Zoom meetings with people and I'm updating the PowerPoint as things change. Uh, I shot a video called how to set up a home video conferencing studio. And I shot it right here in my home. I had all my movie lights and all that stuff. And I did the whole thing right here in my house. And then I, uh, I shot it on a DSLR. I edited it on my Macintosh here. I had 12 gigs of video. I uploaded it to Dropbox. Ryan downloaded it. I emailed him the, the sequence, the project. He opened it up, edited it for me, and we're going to upload it. So we're doing everything virtually. It's going to be, I can't wait for that video to come out. I think we'll do it today. 
<laughs> so I don't know. I'm doing what I can do and I'm letting go of what I can't. And by the way, I think the other thing to do is for people who say, gosh, I wish I had time to take a vacation. Guess what? Take, take a day off, throw your phone in the pool and lay in the, you know, take some time and do nothing for a day. Enjoy it without guilt. You don't have to work every single day. Take a day off. One of the things I'm doing is that, uh, you know, and you'd mentioned before we came on the air, we were talking about this and I'm like you, I'm busier right now than I have been in a long time. Yeah, yeah. And what I'm finding is, Hey, if I'm not careful, because my day starts about four 30 in the morning. And you know, I, when I look at the clock, it's seven o'clock in the evening. And I think where in the world has the day gone? Yeah. But I've got all these things I want to do. So I've made it a commitment to myself that at least one day a week, I just turn everything off and I just, I'd use it for me. And I become a vegetable. I'll be broccoli one day and maybe next week I'll be cabbage or I'll be green beans, whatever it is. But there is such a thing as needing to unplug from people. Yep. Absolutely. And, and that's, and that's healthy, correct? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Having some quiet time. Of course, a lot of people say, I've got so much quiet time. I don't want to replug into somebody, but yeah, I think you need some time to yourself. But for me, uh, I'm in the Pacific time zone now and at three o'clock, my office is closed. People are pretty much done. So at three o'clock, I usually take a two hour break. You know, I'll go out, lay in the sun, have a snow cone, smoke a cigar, swim a few laps, have a really early dinner, like at five. And then I might do an hour's worth of work to get ready for my next day. And then uh, I look forward to just getting in bed with cookies, reading a book, listening to the wind outside my door and, and relax and start another day. David, I got two more questions for you. And this next one we had not talked about, but I'd really like to hear your response to this. Because one of the things I'm finding in this new abnormal is that I'm learning some things about me. Because so many times my life, like your life, for years has been go, 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 go. In fact, it was almost like, uh, and, and you've chastised me because of this, but uh, my, my motto has been fast and furious. Uh, but uh, this has caused me to slow down uh, and it's been good. And I've learned some things about me as a person. Have you learned anything about you during this time? I did. And it was really important for me to learn it. Uh, first of all, I'm actually more fast and furious now than I was before. And I don't mind that. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for it. And I'll sometimes talk to my, my girlfriend in the UK and talk about how busy my day is. And I make it point. I'm, I'm not complaining. I'm just having fun sharing. Oh, I got this. I got that. I got this. But I will tell you, uh, I'll just real honest about this. I, uh, I lost track of gratitude. And my girlfriend called me, I think it was about four weeks ago when the UK started going to lockdown and she was, had a horrible day. They laid off everybody in office and they, they kept her on board and she's doing the job of nine people. She was working 12 hour, 13, 14 hour days, really stressed out. And she turned on the news and talked about some death that occurred uh, in, in her place. And, she, and I said, Hey, I've been thinking about you. Uh, you know, how was your day? She said, Oh, I had a really, really stressful day. It's really been... Uh, this, that, and the other thing. I said, yeah, I've had the same day. I had a bunch of cancellations today. And she pretty much punched me in the face and said, you know, I called you up because I was worried about people dying in my community. And I wanted a compassionate ear. And instead you jumped right into your crap. You talked about your cancellation. I'm sick and tired of hearing about 
and cancellations. And she really beat up on me and said, you're being selfish, you're being this, and you got a lovely life and you got two homes and you get to go to California. And, uh, and I got kicked in the gut. And I stopped, I said, my gosh, God speaks to you in strange ways. Uh, but it got through to me. I thought, you know what, I need to shut up and stop complaining and stop worrying about my crap. There's other people out there that have problems. And that was a real awakening for me that I had to just stop and go, you know what, I've got to be grateful for what I do have. And that's why I opened this with gratitude because I was reminded of that. I'm healthy, I'm happy, I've got a lot of blessings in my life. And I realize whatever happens on the other side is going to happen. So now I, I really kind of, I said a prayer one night. I said, let go, let God, I'm going to let go of my stock market, let go of my business, let go of my relationship. I'm going to focus on what I can do. And I achieved probably for the first time in all this, some real inner peace and just realized that I have so much to be grateful for. Good friends like you and so many things in my life. And that, that was a huge message for me because I was just cruising along and I'd find myself complaining about stuff. And now if I even step into complaining, I want to punch myself in the face. Shut up, shut up. So that's my message to myself. Just shut up and be grateful for what you have. So that, that was the biggest awakening I, I've had in this. So that's a, I've not shared that with anybody, but that's what I've learned. Well, if you're going to punch yourself in the face, you ought to turn the video camera on and video it so that everybody can <laughs> see that. You know, uh, and I'm with you because sometimes in life, we can get so caught up in life that we forget about life and we forget about living. And every morning when I wake up, the first thing I think is that I am really grateful to have another day. And, you know, I, I have a challenge with people who, who have bad days because they have bad days because they want a bad day. And I get asked, do you have bad days? And I tell people, no, I woke up this morning. If I woke up this morning, it can't be a bad day. The rest of the day is all my choice. It's what I get to do with it. And if I'm like you, if I focus on what I'm grateful for, then the day really has a positive meaning to it. Yeah. But if I'm not grateful, then I look at all the woes and I look at the negatives to it. And, you know, I appreciate that, David, because it's a, it's a great lesson to learn just how grateful we need to be just for the fact we're alive. Yeah. yeah. So last question for you. What do you hope? What do you hope we look like when we come out on the other side of this? What are you hoping you see? I'm hoping to see traffic. I'm hoping to see lines at TSA. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm hoping for the life we had before to kind of come back because it was pretty good. Let's face it, it was pretty good. But there's some things that I think we learned uh, as a country we can change. I think uh, we certainly learned toilet paper is the most important thing in our lives. I don't know where the heck that I, I came from. I don't understand that, David. I don't understand the whole toilet paper thing. I think it's one of the funniest things that will come out of this. I know there may be a shortage of toilet paper for the rest of our lives. I don't know. I, I believe that before this happened, I think things were going pretty well. And of course, that's going to be person specific. Uh, but yeah, I almost look forward to traffic and lines of TSA and traveling again and, and getting back to what maybe what we called normal. Uh, we had a strong economy. We had, uh, you know, low unemployment. 
Uh, I think what we'll come back is we'll be, in addition to those, I think we're going to be grateful for connections to another human being. And I think people are going to cherish those relationships a little bit more. So that, that's some good that's going to come out of it. Uh, we're going to realize the connections with people are may, maybe more important than some of the material things that we thought were important. Um, but just, I guess I can only answer it personally. I, I kind of want, want to get back to as much of the way it was. I want to try, I want to go, I want to get over to the UK, see my girlfriend. I want to fly her here and spend a couple of weeks. So, and I want to get back, I want to get back to doing live seminars in front of a real audience. So some of the stuff, I want to get back to that. But, you know, and I'm with you. Uh, I, I watch airplanes go over, fly over because I'm on a landing path here in the Palm Beaches. And I think, wow, I could be on that plane, you know, and I got a, a I know you fly Delta the most and I used to, but today American. And I actually had a personal phone call from the vice president, one of the vice presidents of American Airlines asking me if I was okay. And talking to me personally about, you know, uh, everything that's happening and they look forward to seeing me again uh, at a flight. I had the station manager here in Palm Beach uh, call me and just to check on me and make sure I was okay. And just saying that they'll be glad whenever things are back the way they were and uh, they can they can see me in my colorful shirts again. Yep. So, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping like you, I'm hoping that we take some lessons out of here. Uh, I'm hoping that the Richard that shows up will be a better Richard, Richard, a smarter Richard and a stronger Richard emotionally yep. uh, and better prepared. But I, I can't begin to thank you for taking the time out of your schedule there in California uh, to join me and to spend some time with me. I appreciate you. I respect you. I love you very much. And uh, if people would like to reach out to you, how can they find you? Well, the easiest way is just davidknox.com. And uh, all of our phone numbers are on there. I'm david at davidknox.com. So if they're in the real estate business and they want some help, I'm happy to do that. Maybe zoom into their meeting and talk about uh, what they can be doing in this market. Happy to help out with that. And um, so, yeah, David at davidknox.com and it tells everything we do. Um, not doing live seminars right now, but hopefully we'll get back to that. And, and folks, if you are in real estate and you're looking for some real estate help, um, the training courses that David has put together and recorded, I'm going to tell you, are probably the best that are out there because they're really content driven and they deal with the real world of where you live. So look him up, uh, davidknox.com. Look at some of his training videos. They're absolutely exceptional. Thank you, Bruce. David, I hope you have a great rest of your day there in California. Uh, sit by the pool, take some laps, smoke a cigar, <laughs> and just have fun and be grateful. Well, I'm grateful for you too, Richard. Love you. You've uh, you've been a big help to me over the years, both personally and professionally. I featured you in our online training, and it gets uh, uh, your videos get some really good reviews. So, um, I'm just blessed to have you in my life, and I'm glad that you and I are in a position where perhaps we can help somebody else in their life. So, it was really a lot of fun to do this. I hope it helps all your listeners. I'm welcome to any feedback or questions they have. Uh, feel free to write me, David at davidknox.com. In fact, like I say, getting calls, emails. It's fun. I go, hey, connecting with another human being. So it's been a pleasure. All right. Take care.